This podcast is brought to you by Dingle Mount Church. It will open up God's Word to you, inspire you to love God, and grow in the knowledge of Him, and challenge you to live a victorious Christian life. Be blessed as you listen. to always come to mingle in the dingle. I thought the next time I was going to be here would be when Pastor Okay will be dedicating his third child. Uh, but that's not the reason I told him I'm ready for the number three. <laughs> After all, when we pray, we pray in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Ghost so it's only gone to the Son so we need the Holy Ghost <laughs> Amen um, by the grace of God I'll just be sharing some things as uh, the Lord has laid on my heart uh, about some practical things and experiences that we have experienced uh, share one or two scriptures uh, but if you don't mind I'll just share some stories uh, just intermingle some of this with uh, some stories and challenges we have faced Amen we just pray Father thank you it is the entrance of your word that brings light and gives understanding to the simple Lord let your word Come forth with simplicity tonight. Let your word bring light and illumination and revelation. And Lord, upon every heart, I pray, let there be a transformation. Let it not just be, Lord, information, but transformation for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, I was trying to check up what it means to uh, evangelize and uh, uh, at at times I found out personally that uh, it's good not to assume that you know uh, what a word means even though you've been using the word for years and uh, you might just be surprised at times that what you thought you knew was not actually very accurate. And um, trying to look at the word evan- evangelize, I found out that uh, if you actually try to do a search in the Bible, you wouldn't really find that word evangelize. But you would find the word evangelist uh, uh, for example in the book of Acts you hear Philip uh, one of the disciples in the early church he was referred to as the evangelist and um, to evangelize itself I just uh, checked up a little uh, translation of that word evangelize it means to just preach the gospel 
Uh, you're preaching the gospel in order to convert someone to Christianity. Uh, the gospel in this context is simply what I found out. I looked at the definition in the book of 1 Peter. Uh, I think it's the latter end of 1 Peter. That what exactly can we call the gospel? And 1 Peter 1, 25 rounds up this chapter this way. It says, But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached to you. And looking at this verse, I can infer that the summary of the gospel is simply the word of God. And how do I get a balance there? Matthew 28, Jesus was given his closing speech when he was uh, commanding the disciples he left behind. In verse 18 of Matthew 28, Jesus said, the Bible said he came and he spoke to them. He said, all power is given to me in heaven and on earth. He now said in verse 19, this is the charge. You go, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And I'm so happy that verse 20 tells us what he commanded to teach. He said, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So the gospel is simply going to teach, going to declare, going to proclaim everything that Jesus commanded to proclaim. And I read what the early church did in Acts. The Bible said all they did was they were preaching Jesus. They were simply declaring what Jesus said. They were not trying to formulate their own opinions about what Jesus said, come up with their own ideas and principles and what they think Jesus was saying. Jesus said, no, you, you teach them all I have commanded you. The simplicity of the gospel is simply declaring what Jesus said. Not anybody's opinion. No matter what anyone legislates, no matter what anyone redefines, the Bible tells me that everything will pass away. The only thing that remains and endures forever is the Word of God. And that is what we should strive to evangelize. Nothing more, nothing short of that. Amen. Now, um, our story actually started, uh, we came over here uh, as missionaries to the United Kingdom. But the reality and the fact was that uh, God did not speak to me. You know, when people say the Lord said, go 
to uh, Afghanistan. No, no, it's usually all the nice places that people hear God tell them to go. God never tells them to, <laughs> to go to some, uh, you know, place, war-torn countries where they also need to hear what Jesus said. It's always the nice and juicy places. But in all sincerity, I got married a couple of years ago and uh, I met my wife and one of the things she told me when we were courting was God spoke to her specifically that she was returning to the United Kingdom as a, an adult and by the way, my wife is at the back there. The most beautiful woman at the back there. <laughs> you just look back. Once you see the most beautiful woman, that's, that's my wife. <laughs> you know, that the Lord told her she was coming back to the United Kingdom. She was born and returned to, to, to Africa, to Nigeria as a child. And God now spoke to her as an adult that she was returning here with her husband to do missionary work and like I said I didn't hear the Lord say anything to me all I just knew was well I'm ready to serve the Lord and uh, in whatever way in whatever capacity we were we just planted we did a church plant somewhere in one of the towns in Nigeria and we were just simply waiting on the Lord uh, what next Anyway, cut a long story short, that's where the journey began. And one of the things I want to um, buttress here is that evangelism must always begin in a place of prayer. What do I mean? Prayer is simply, I've learned, hearing that's listening to God. God speaks to you and you speak back to God. You're not speaking back to God to tell him, God, what do you mean? You don't know what you're talking about. No. God simply gives an instruction and we follow. Jesus taught us one very strong principle about prayer. I found out prayer is not about me. Prayer is about His kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when I go to Him in prayer, He simply tells me what His will is. So in the place of prayer, God begins to speak and gives strategy. And how did we start? We were in our living room. We got the instruction to start the work in our living room in the place of prayer. And we were in our living room roughly approximately for about one year and almost nine months. And then we had our first church member after one year of nine months of evangelism. That's what I call evangelism. <laughs> and uh, well, we began to pray because I found out before Jesus sent them out 
before the early church began to evangelize, Jesus gave them an instruction. He said, you stay on this mountain. You tarry, wait here, until I empower you, you receive power from on high. You wait here until I tell you what next to do, if I should just put it simply. And we read that these disciples stayed in the place where Jesus told them to go. Let's see that in Matthew chapter 28. They were there in verse 16. The Bible says the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed to them. So they were simply waiting there to hear the next set of instructions. That is what I mean by the foundation of prayer before we begin to evangelize. Let's remember that what we are evangelizing is what he commands. Nothing more, nothing short. We are not going to preach ourselves. We are not going there to start telling some tales, some stories, to start saying things Jesus never said to say. Because what God watches over, what God confirms, according to the latter chapters, I think chapter 16 of Mark, what God confirms is his word, not my opinion, not anybody's word. So when we speak his word in evangelism, God is bound to confirm that yes, I said so. Yes. Let's see something in Mark chapter 16. The latter end, the Bible said, the Lord spoke to them from verse 19. He gave them the instruction. Remember they were waiting. Where he told them to wait. And then he spoke to them. And then he was received up to heaven, verse 19. And he sat on the right hand of God. And then verse 20, something happened. This is the birth of evangelism. The Bible said they went, in verse 20, and they preached everywhere. Remember, what were they preaching? The Bible gives us a clue. The Lord working with them, confirming the word. He told them to speak through accompanying signs. Amen. I have found out the effective, sure way to get results is to simply say what Jesus said. Any other thing, the Lord is not duty bound to confirm. And so we stayed in our living room, like I was saying. Because that was the last instruction we heard. Stay, tarry, pray. And that reminds me also, when the Lord was speaking, when God was speaking to Moses in Exodus, and he was trying to show him how to build the tabernacle. God spoke to Moses in Exodus chapter 25 verse 40, when he was summarizing the instruction on how to build. He said, make sure you build this according to the pattern that I have showed you on the mountain. Anything we do must be according to the Lord's pattern. Anything we do must be as the Lord has commanded. In evangelism, we don't try to 
do something that is extra scriptural. Something Jesus did not say do. Such ideas will not yield godly results. That is what I found out. So we began like that in the place of prayer. And then in the place of prayer, God began to tell us what to do. God began to give us instruction. And then finally we had instruction, it's time to move from the living room and go start meeting in a public, public place. By the time we were leaving our living room, all we were doing there was praying and of course learning, studying the word of God. That we were going out there to proclaim. And we grew then from just my wife and my two sons. The two of them also are here tonight. One was roughly some few months old by the time we were moving. And uh, the older one was about five, five, six years old when we were, when we got instruction to move out into the public place in a community. Now, let's remember why did we move out of the living room into the community? We did it based on the instruction he gave us. Not because we just wanted to come into the city and plant another church and do something that heaven has never seen before. We were simply on assignment. So we moved into this first community, or before we moved, I made a mistake. I heard it's time for us to move, look for a public place, and start reaching out to the community there. Start the church, start the evangelical work. And uh, we stepped out, and I began to drive around the cities of Liverpool, trying to look for a place to hire. I drove round and round and round and I found nowhere. Can we remember the story of Peter when Jesus rented his boat and Jesus now spoke from his boat and Jesus said, right, Peter, you throw your net and catch some fish. Peter said, we have toiled all night. We have got nothing. Uh, I think I had that experience when I was driving all around and saw nothing. No place. But Peter said something. Nevertheless, it is at your word I will let down this net. Remember, evangelism is you simply speaking doing whatever he commands. So Peter did it because Jesus said, throw out the net. And we all know what happened. They caught fish. I was driving around the cities of Liverpool and found nowhere. Then I remembered one thing I forgot to pray. I forgot to ask. I went back to prayer, Lord, I am sorry. I didn't ask you. You said, go out. Go get a place. I didn't ask you where. Went into the place of prayer and it was in a dream in the night 
that God spoke to me. And in the dream I saw a woman standing in front of a property and I was engaging the woman in a conversation in that dream. And the woman was uh, kind of listening to what I had to say. And what I simply told the woman in this dream was, can you remember when the Lord Jesus wanted to eat the Passover? And he told two of his disciples, he sent them, said, you go into that city, you will see a man carrying a pitcher of water. Whatever house he enters, you go in there and tell the owner of the house, I want to eat the Passover there with my disciples. He simply gave them an instruction. The Bible records that they followed that instruction. Truly they saw a man carrying a pitcher. Truly they saw the man enter the house and they spoke to the owner of the house and the owner of the house allowed them in. So I was telling this woman this story in that dream. And I said, in like manner, the Lord wants to use your property. And he wants to use it for his meeting place to meet with his disciples. And the woman told me, okay, if it's the Lord that said it, you can have my property. And I woke up to real life. And in real life, truly that week, I was driving down Smithdown Road. And a thought quietly came to my heart to go into one of the shops there. Uh, to a woman I know I spoke to her and I was simply entering my car and going back and this thought came back to me go back and tell that woman your dream I went back in and I narrated my dream to this woman and this woman I began to see her eyes grow bigger and bigger she said wait a minute wait a minute she turned back and brought a key out of a key uh, rack and said, follow me. This was real life. I wasn't dreaming. And she took me around to a property she just bought. She said, I just bought this property. No living human being knew I bought this property except my husband. And I know my husband has not spoken to you. He said, I wanted to use this property and somehow I had a restraint that no, give it to a church and she gave me the key she said here, here's the key start the church here I said are you serious she said yeah, have the key start the church here I said, are you sure start the church here I grabbed the key and turned my car and drove off before she changed her mind <laughs> <laughs> And I gathered everyone that was the whole church then. We had grown from four of us, my family. Three other adults had joined us to this work. We moved in there and we started the meetings. And one thing we have learned uh, over the years is a church, Jesus said, that you are a light, you are a city set upon a hill you are the salt of the earth the city that is set upon a hill is not meant to be hidden light is meant to shine into a community a church shouldn't go into a community 
and become a nuisance. A church shouldn't go into a community and be doing their own thing. Our church, our thing. This is our tradition. This is how we do it. This is what we inherited. No, it's about Jesus, His Word, and what He wants to be done. So a church goes into a community to shine the light. A church does not exist for its own members. It exists for the community. That is what Jesus commanded in Matthew 28. Go into the world. He didn't say go into the building. Gather yourselves and have fun. Gather yourselves and have a bazaar. Gather yourselves and have a picnic and have a Christmas party. No. Go into the world and teach people from every nation whatever I commanded you. That is the mandate. Every other thing is not according to Lord's pattern. So we began from there and all of a sudden uh, a little bit of challenge came. Uh, somehow the same woman who said the Lord said give us this key the same woman came one day and said um, some things are happening here anyway let me spare you the story we lost the property we had to move and I was so pained in my heart because already in that community we had started to reach out we had started seeing people walk from the street come in we had started telling them about the Lord. We did a couple of outreach events there. And it was like, yes, we've been rooted here, but now we've been uprooted. It was sad. But one thing I've always learned is to always go back to the one who sent me in prayer. And I went back to the Lord, and the Lord said clearly, I am the one who is shutting this door move and that reminds me of the book of Revelation it's, the Lord introduces himself, he says I am Alpha, I am Omega that's the beginning and the end he says I am the one who opens a door that no man can shut but he didn't stop there he said I am also the one who shuts the door that no man can open so I got the message. If you are the one shutting this door, Lord, lead us. The Lord led us to another place, just off the road from uh, Smithdown Road to Upper Parliament Street, to a place that we really didn't want to go. It was now an obscure place in the basement of uh, one of the buildings on Upper Parliament Street. We moved in there and we continued in the word we continued to pray we looked out for things we could do and in our own little knowledge space resources we kept on doing what we would do and then one day again tragedy struck and you ask me what was the tragedy we just had a nice service one day and I got home I was so tired packed all 
I mean, every equipment in the church in those days could fit into my small boot of a car uh, I used to drive. I think it was a Vauxhall uh, Astra. So everything that was to the name of the church could fit into that boot. Just a few, the banner, the lectern, the keyboard, and that was it. I went into my house. I couldn't, I was so tired, I said, oh, when I wake up, I'll just have a quick nap. I pack everything when I wake up out of my boot. Went to bed, I didn't wake up until the following morning. When I woke up, it was my wife who was trying to put the stuff into the car. And then she walked back into the house and said, where's the car? I said, it's on the driveway. I said, yeah, it's on the driveway. So she went out to check again. I went to check. Lo and behold, there was no car on the driveway. I looked hither and hither (laughs) on the street, hoping that maybe the car was just somewhere, you know, up the road. The car was stolen with everything in the name of the church. We were so discouraged. We were so downcast that I actually went back to the Lord. Lord, are you the one who sent us? Are you trying to tell us in a subtle way that I don't have a hand in what you're doing? If you're the one, Lord, then we quit. Simple. I don't want to do anything you have no hand in. I don't want to do anything you didn't send me to. And with a quiet assurance, the Lord spoke to us. No, we should continue. And that reminds me of the scripture. It says that many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him from them all. He keeps all his bones. None of them are broken. It reminds me of the scripture of the parable of the sower. The sower went to sow and Jesus was explaining. He said because of the word, afflictions will always arise for the word's sake. So this is just an affliction. You continue in the word. We continued, though discouraged, but the Lord had encouraged us. And also, like David, we learn to encourage ourselves in the Lord our God. We continued to do what the Lord said to do. Preach the word. Teach the word. Reach out in whatever instruction we were given to do. And then things picked up again. And then one day, I invited a guest speaker. And I trusted this guest speaker that he was going to speak the mind of the Lord to us. And he steps onto the pulpit, just like uh, I've been invited here today. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, check out of this building. I was thinking to myself, check out of this building. Do you know how we got here? Do you know the troubles? Just when we're settling here, if it wasn't that I trusted this preacher, And I also went to confirm with the Lord. 
I would have stayed there because we, we became comfortable in the place. We were literally in our comfort zone. But excuse me, God told Joshua, He said, Joshua, you're old. Wow, you tried. I'm paraphrasing. I think Joshua was about 80 years old, if I can remember my Bible knowledge. And you will expect the Lord to say, Oh, Joshua, you are 80. Yeah, you've tried. It's time to retire. No. God said, There remains yet more land to conquer, to possess. You've not done enough. There's still more to be done. So, there and then, this time, I knew what I should do. Lord, show us where you're asking us to go. If this is you telling us to move, tell us where to go. Show us where to go. And then we got this place, miraculously, a bigger place. And one of the things I've learned is when the Lord sends, He always makes provision. The Lord was telling His disciples when He walked the surface of the earth, He said, when you went, did you lack anything? When I sent you to go preach, did you lack anything? It's a big question. But we will not lack anything if it's the Lord sending us. But if we send ourselves, we will lack. The secret to evangelism that I've just found out in a summary is simply speaking what Jesus said to say, Doing what Jesus said to do. Nothing more. Nothing less. Because that is what the Lord is always looking out for. To confirm. To say yes. My hand is in this. I told you to do this. I want to close with this scripture. One of the secrets I found out from the Bible. And it's from the book of Acts. Chapter 6 verse 7. In Acts chapter 6 verse 7 The Bible tells us that Then the word of God spread It spread If you read from the old, good old King James Version He said then the word of God increased It increased And then as a consequence of that, look at what happened. The Bible says, And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. I found out that, and and then it says, A great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. I found out from this verse that the most effective way is to just make sure We stay on what Jesus commands. If the word of God is preached, the word of God, we keep preaching, the word of God, we keep teaching, the consequence of that is that the number of disciples will multiply greatly. If we stick to what Jesus said we should do, it brings an increase It has a multiplying effect on the number of souls that will be won to the kingdom. You see, church growth that I found out is not about, oh, we were 40, 
and then we increase to 60. It's not just about numbers. It's about the number of disciples. Disciples. Those that the Lord adds to the church. Such as should be saved. Once we focus on what Jesus said to do, it brings effective evangelism. And the practical side that we started doing, if I will just round up with this, was we now started getting some physical uh, things we should do. In the place of prayers, for example, the Lord spoke to us that you start going around the community where you are, where we are currently now. Uh, before we move to where we are currently. We've moved after the last one I said twice. We just keep moving. I found out that, Pastor okay. <laughs> Jesus never stopped moving. <laughs> the Bible said he went about everywhere. <laughs> so the Lord told us where we are currently now. Go out into the community and start picking up the leader. In the community. Practical thing to do. Get your hands dirty. And God spoke to us from the book of Joshua. He said this is the way you will take the city of Jericho. You march around the city. Six days. Seven days. You shout. It's quite specific instruction. Go out. Get the people out on the street. Every month. So we do that every month. Once, uh, I think the first Sunday of the uh, Saturday of the month, and then we go around our community picking up the leader. And the Lord said, Just go, keep quiet, keep praying. And then, as a result of that, people have been asking, Who are you? Oh, yes, we are just a local church in the community. God loves you, Jesus loves you. This is who we are. And through that, our light has been shining. Where we are now, we are surrounded by three universities. The city council, uh, uh, you know, came to us and said, please, there's something we've been trying to do in this city. We're still working on this. We want your church to pioneer the big uh, cleanup. They actually literally came to us. The city council came to our church to ask for help. That is one of the things I just believe will help us to really evangelize when we're simply doing what Jesus said to do. And sort of foolish thing. Of course, it's not all rosy stories. Because I remember when we first started, we got discouraged. I mean, got some people discouraging us. I remember one day we were picking and some lads just came and they started laughing. And they said, ha ha ha, you're on community service. Who did you rape? They mocked us. So we were, we were called names, but we were like the disciples. We were happy to suffer persecution for the sake of the kingdom. One of the other things I remember we got, and so many things we started receiving to do, because it's not just about gathering and having a nice time. It's coming in, getting instruction, and going out to carry them out. That's what fellowship should be all about. One of the things, again, we received, uh, i spare you the whole story, was through football. Our church would have quite a lot of young people 
who are pretty mad. And uh, we had this event where we wanted to raise funds and we went through the avenue of organizing a football tournament. And the tournament ended up almost in blows. And we were so ashamed, particularly myself, that why will Christians go play football? You should go play football and shine your light. Show you are a Christian. Indeed, not just in title. And the Lord spoke to me when I was praying. Because I made a vow that I will never get the church to play football again. And the Lord spoke to me, no. Don't throw the baby and the bathwater away. You can use football to evangelize. And I was asking how. I said, you can use football to teach people about the fruit of the Spirit of God. Go out and play football and tell all the young men who joined you. Today, we're going to focus on, you know, Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 tells us the fruit of the Spirit. Today, we're going to focus on love. So let's play football in love. So if they score against you, don't get angry. Don't. It's not, it's not about, you know, who wins the game. And then we came up also with this mission statement. We play football. Not to win matches, but to win souls. We go out there in the park Monday evenings. And through that, we've had people coming to join us. Oh, who are we? We are local church round the corner there. We play football in the name of Jesus. We pray before we play. We play in love. We rewrote our own rules. We don't follow the rules of the premiership. <laughs> That's what I call being creative. God is the creator. And we are his children. So we should create. So we've created our own football rules. You, no rough tackles, no swearing, no arguing with the referee. And we, we play with, you know, it's a mixture of both men, male and female. And we have a few females who join us to play. If you rough tackle or you tackle the females too hard, it's a penalty. No matter what part of the field it is, that is the gospel we preach. <laughs> teaching young men how to treat women <laughs> using football so those are just some of the initiatives and you know we keep praying and trusting God to just give us more practical things that we can shine the light into the community uh, at this stage I would just want to stop and thank you very much for listening thank you for inviting us and uh, I am still waiting for that Invitation, Pastor OK. When the third person of the Trinity. <laughs> I hope Nikki is not protesting somewhere. <laughs> to, amen. Shall we just bow to pray? If you have enjoyed listening to this podcast, why not join us in worship at the Dingle Mount Church or log on to our website at www.dinglemount.org for more information. Thank you for listening.